Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Adventure Time, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host for today, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. And John McKenna. Hi, everybody. Uh, you can find more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can find our previous discussions on the latest Adventure Time episodes uh, as we make our way through this final season. Um, wherever you listen to us, whether that be on iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher, we always appreciate if you could subscribe to us and leave us any ratings and reviews uh, to let, let us know how how, uh, how you're listening to this podcast. But yeah, today we'll be... Uh, diving into the latest uh, four episodes of Adventure Time as we, we are weaving our way towards the finale uh, coming later this year. But right now we have uh, Blananas, Jake the Star Child, Temple of Mars, and Gumbaldia to discuss. So a lot a lot of sto- story in at least two, if not three, of these episodes. So we'll, we'll, ha- we'll definitely have a lot of callbacks to work with. But I guess first, just on a wider sense, um, what stood out to you the most or what excited you the most watching these four episodes? Uh, let, let's go to Sam first. Um, Definitely the impending war between Gumball and Princess Bubblegum, even though like neither of them really seems to want to. Uh, but that's like the biggest takeaway I got. Like I could really care less about Jake's whole... Uh, bio baby daddy sort of thing like who really gives a toot about that you know the stuff with uh betty on mars was kind of interesting but other than that you know my big takeaway just gumballing bubblegum showdown ready to ready to go okay it's interesting to say that neither side really wants to go to war do you think that gumball is really avoiding war here no, neither of them is really avoiding war, but the impression I got when um, watching Gumbaldia was, you know, neither of them want to go to war, and they both use the term, you know, that the, the other's, like, forcing the other one's hand. But then again, you know, there's that whole thing with the powder, so maybe Gumball is more sinister than I uh, come to believe. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely get a little bit more into Gumball's character later on. Um, but John, uh, of of the four episodes, which one stood out to you the most, or what excited you the most watching this batch? Uh, I would have to say Gumballia stood out to me the most because that was the it was the last one of the bomb, and also it's the major hook into the. I think it's going to be the series finale because you had because you you they're girding for war. You, you, they neither wanted them to do it. You thought it was going to sort of end peacefully, sort of Finn's trying to, which I thought was pretty interesting that he's now taking the pacifist side rather than lunging in with a sword slash first ask questions later as he usually does. But the fact is that the way that episode ended with the quote unquote peace offering is apparently going to be a all star list of villains from Adventure Times past. Where like all the one episode, two episode people are going to come back, and it's going to be this huge thing. And I'm pretty interested to see where that goes, where how that's going to tie into the Betty Ice King arc, how it's going to tie into Finn Fern. It looks like they're going to try to do everything at once to finish it up. And I'm both excited and a little nervous to see what what they're going to do based off what we saw in that episode. Okay, interesting that both of you went to the war plotline. Uh, at least when I was watching it, uh, Gumbaldia is was an okay episode, but I don't think the hook worked as much for me. Like at at the end of the at the end of watching the four episodes, I was still holding on to the end of the Temple of Mars and just the, that that hook of uh, hey, we can save Ice Ice King and get Margles back from gold. That that's been a thing that's been around for a long time, and uh, I, I'm more interested in Betty and Ice King than I am in bubblegum really at this point unless bubblegum in association with marceline but but bubblegum and her kingdom is like it's it's not the greatest hook for a finale but i I do agree with john that if we can somehow find a way to tie in all the things like tie in the war tie in betty uh, betty's quest and uh, tie in some other loose ends we have around It'll definitely make for an ambitious finale for sure. What 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 expectations do you guys exactly have now that we have these four episodes of like where exactly the story is headed or what kind of finale we're we're looking for? Um, John, 
Well, it's going to be. I think the the big finale is. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out what kind of final boss fight the finale is going to be because that is still very much an open game. Because it's like, yeah, it's probably, it's going to be PB versus Uncle Gumbald. We can we can basically count that as a certainty. But I don't think there's enough history or baggage or build up for that to be this show's final big boss fight. Uh, what what role is Finn going to play? In this, is he going to somehow real become this peaceful uh, mediator, which is a new look for him, as I mentioned earlier? So I'm not sure how that's gonna. I'm not sure really like what that's going to lead to. And the Betty Ice King thing, the Betty Ice King thing, I'm almost, I'm almost a little concerned that the show is getting a little bit lost in that plot arc because they they've done every sort of thing to make Betty go insane. Now they've wiped her. They've made it so that Betty is leaving for Australia instead of being with Simon, which I thought would screw up the entire, basically screwed up the entire thing and basically was the, the closeout, but nope, she has an idea. It's just, I'm not entirely sure where the show is going to go, and I'm like, uh, what? what is the, you have four episodes to wrap up everything. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, th- thoughts on it, what direction you see the show going with, with- these four episodes in the pipeline? Honestly, it kind of reminds me of uh, back in the day with Avatar The Last Airbender and how that ended. How um, everybody sort of got paired off into separate plot lines. So, for example, there was Aang and Ozai and uh, Zuko, Katara, and Azula, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I definitely feel like it might be going there. You know, we might pair off the plot line with Bubblegum and Gumball, and then maybe we'll have Simon Betty, uh, Finn and Fern, you know, all that sort of thing. And hopefully, you know, they'll be able to do that successfully. But I am kind of worried because it is, like, just four episodes left, apparently. So, like, maybe they'll focus one thing on one episode. Like, maybe the first episode or the second episode will focus on Simon and Betty. Or uh, maybe we'll... I don't know, do, do something with, like, you know, the armies that, they, that they're building. I'm not really sure. I just feel like it's really going into this, like, epic battle, or at least I hope it is. And you know, I think that would be really cool. Uh, I definitely the, like the, the but Avatar the issue, comp. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the problem with the, Avatar, the last Airbender comparison for me was, even though you had those multiple pair-off arcs, it was still intertwined in one story. This still feels like it's three separate stories. Yeah, so it's like kind of worrisome about what they're gonna do. And it's like, but Adventure Time has done this well before. I mean, in past seasons, they've they've done well of you know balancing each one, giving each of them the amount of time they need. But now, you know, they're kind of up against the clock, and and you want that, and you really do want it to have like a nice natural conc- conclusion. I'm almost starting to. In fact, the more we talk about, it, I'm starting to think maybe it's not going to be a four episode ending. It might be like a two hour movie. For all we know, because that would that would actually make it easier to make to wrap everything up. That's very optimistic. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think if we're operating under the assumption that it's just 44 minutes remaining, uh, I, I agree with you guys that it's going to be difficult to tie everything together. I think it's doable somehow. Like especially if we're going to include Ice King in this, he's brought in at the final scene of Gumbaldia as a joke. But if we're, like, bringing him into that, but we also have Betty going, they're going to need to somehow, like, get one side to the other. So I I do think that there's a way for that side to get in. And then it's from there, it's much easier to connect to the bubblegum war with what's going on with Finn and and Jake. So, like, I think the pieces are are there, but I agree with you that it's not set in stone exactly how they're going to structure this ending. But I, I also appreciate that, like, it is, the show is in a place where despite all the, like, foreshadowing that they, they've done over the years, I'm just not, I can't really predict at all, like, how exactly this is going to end. And I think that that's a bonus when you're thinking about a, a giant finale like this. Not, nothing seems that obvious as of yet, besides the fact that we're going into a major battle. Mm. Um, I, I don't, but like, um, I, yeah, Sean? Well, the other the other element is that 
I'm, I mean, it's, it's nice not, it's definitely nice not knowing. And, you know, they, they, and the writing crew on this is always very tight. They, they really do a lot with the time that they have. 11 minutes can sometimes feel like 20 with all the detail that gets put in. The only issue I have, it almost feels like it's a, it's a weighted thing. Cause not only do we have, you know, Gumball, Uncle Gumball versus PB, we have Uncle Gumball plus Ricardio plus Bima plus, uh, the character that Rain Wilson plays plus, Every every one-off villain that existed. I mean, that's that's a little. Uh, I feel like that either that's gonna be just a cameo parade, or it's gonna, or they're all gonna have a meaning. It's feel like they're gonna try. I feel like they might. They're veering almost into trying to do too much to appease too many people, which could get a little worried. Which could be a bit of a worry for me. Um, Sam, A, do you believe that this uh, ending was kind of just a joke thing or we're actually going to focus on some of these characters? And B, how many did you remember? <laughs> I think that we might, like, focus on some of them. Uh, I definitely think it would be interesting to see how Ash plays a role because that's going to bring in Marceline, obviously. Ooh, yeah. Um, okay, so how many I remember? So obviously I remembered Ash, uh, Fern... Um, Ice King, obviously. Uh, whoever else? Meow. Yeah, Meow was in there. Was, I think she was grown up. All grown up. Um, I don't remember who else was there. Well, let me go down the list here. We had Ricardio. He's the classic villain. Oh yeah, Ricardio. Oh, oh yeah, we George just, Decay. Yeah, yeah a Bandit Princess. Uh, I think she had like one appearance, uh, bre- breaking Finn's sword, she, and then she was out. <laughs> she destroyed. She yeah. destroyed the box kingdom. I, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, with Samantha, uh, she appeared in one episode where Jake was oh, in, a, in a hole with a demon. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Peacemaster, that that was that in that awesome Peppermint Butler episode. But Peacemaster doesn't even know who Finn and Jake are, right? <laughs> no. Like, so like that, the Meemaw, We've already mentioned him. Uh, Pete Sassafras. <laughs> I think that's the most obscure villain. Um, he was in that one Lumpy Space Princess episode where she was uh, getting Finn and Jake to find the Pizza Man or something. <laughs> oh my God, Candy Streets. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Uh, Ash, uh, Sir Slicer. He's a, a season one ca- guy. Um, uh, Scorcher. Uh, that one episode where uh, Ice King hired a hitman. <laughs> um, and the Green. I do- yeah. I do. I just kind of want to see Ash come back just so Marceline just walks up to him and punches him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ice King already punched Ash in the face, so yeah. But Marceline has to do it too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all of these are like uh, characters that appear in like one or two episodes in most, and then just at the end, Ice King is like, "Uh, I think I'm here by mistake." But then Gunther is like, yeah, like a sword. Uh, but yeah, that that was a great a great ending gag, (laughs) just uh, Ice King showing up out of nowhere. But yeah, I, I I. I'm not sure. I almost want to lean that this is just going to end up in a joke. Like, they'll appear for like a minute altogether and they'll just be wiped out because. They'll all die. Yeah, it's a weird. I mean, for Adventure Time, who has been bringing back a lot of season one and season two stuff in this final season, the the mentions are are expected, but I would be really surprised if they found. If they carved out the time to give these characters any more than like one or two lines each in this finale, yeah. except for like the really prominent ones like Ash and maybe Meow and Fern, of course, they're probably just all gonna kill them at once. Yeah. It- if if we believe that the Marceline Princess Bubblegum is a romantic arc thing, Ash could really be a big player in that sort of in that sort of dynamic. Yeah. It- That'd be- it's asking a lot of the audience to remember all of these people and their relations to I, the characters. But I think Ash is memorable enough because of the fact that the episode he was in is one of the more higher recognized episodes of the show. I mean, that's where we got the uh, Buff Baby song from, so. Yeah. He's mentioned in a lot of the up, uh, other Marceline episodes, too, like uh, Sky Witch, um, probably a couple other ones. You know, the ones involving Cambo since he sold them. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Ash is one of the more prominent ones. You, you guys are right. But like, uh, say like Bandit Princess or Samantha. Like, <laughs> yeah, like who knows who they are? Who, who? Bandit Princess is at least recent enough. Sure, but what one episode, <laughs> and then it just disappeared. 
But, uh, and also, like, uh, Gumbald is, like, uh, calling them the Candy Kingdom haters, but I feel like a lot of these people don't really care about the Candy Kingdom. Like, Samantha, her entire appearance was just fighting with Jake, and uh, uh, Meemaw was just uh, being a hitman on Finn. So it seems very specific. There's a lot of hitmen on this show. Indeed. <laughs> There's lots of murder on this show, or attempted murder. Yeah. Whatever happened to just the quiet dignity of murdering somebody yourself? Well, no, nobody's capable enough to do it. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, the, the lich was. Finn well. severed a few heads, so... Yeah, they're the exceptions. But then you got guys like Ice King who need to hire someone if they want somebody killed. And Bimo even murdered somebody. Hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we've got this whole gumball dark um speaking of gumball like he's being set up as a villain um i still don't buy into him as a character like he's still one-dimensional and just uh, i gotta hit hit the candy kingdom kill bubblegum that's it so and that's the same thing we've been on since basically since he was introduced or since we got the princess bubblegum flashback episode we haven't really done much to further him on that do you guys think that Gumbald is the final villain, or are we expecting something bigger than him? Just like a like extreme plot twist at the end of the last episode. Like, the the villain was Jake all along. <laughs> My god. Well, that's well, just your Jake-hating it... self. That's a... <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that was just an example, but yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> What if Finn is the villain all along? Ooh, that would have been that would be interesting. Um, but how yeah. do, how do you feel about Gumball's character, John? Oh, you know what it is. I feel like if he had gotten maybe two more seasons, a little bit more development, he'd be one of the more interesting characters in the show because of his longtime relationship with Princess Bubblegum. What Princess Bubblegum did to him, and the motivation that he would have to take back a kingdom that, for all types of purposes, may have been right that he feels was rightly his. I just feel like he hasn't had enough room to breathe and mature, which is a shame because I think if he had gotten that, he would have been maybe one of the more, this would have been a really interesting dynamic to play out. It still could be that. It still could be that. I mean, he, I don't mind him as much maybe as other as maybe some other people would, because I do think there is a definite chemistry he has and, and a sort of calculating villainy scorns type of thing that I, that I actually quite enjoy. And make that, and that makes him a very formidable, serious threat to take, especially after the events of Gumbaldia. But I just feel like if we were gonna pick a villain, he wouldn't be the one I would have picked. But then again, I'm still a big Lich fan, and I, when I had long thought that was gonna be the big battle, but it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Right. So, yeah, the, the Lich would be an outside possibility if you want, uh, like, because of how vague that uh, the whispers was, uh, he could theoretically come back, I guess. Uh, another outside shot is if we like pull Galb out of this. He was uh, mentioned at the end of um, Temple of Mars, and he's been vaguely mentioned in previous seasons. So I guess there's an outside chance. But yeah, I think that unless uh, Adventure Time pulls an Orgalorg and just pulls a giant villain out of the blue, like it, I think Gumbald is the favorite, and... I'm not, uh, I just wish that his character got a bit more depth. Like, I, I agree with you, John, that, like, time might have helped, but at the same time, I feel like we've gotten two, like, two or three episodes since that you could have done something with, but mm. he's kind of just remained stagnant as a character from his introduction. <laughs> so I, I think that even with time, if you're just going to continue this, this flat line, then I'm not sure that it, seeing him a couple seasons before would have helped matters considering what they've done with him so far this season. Right. Exactly. Um, but, and the, and the thing is, I hope, I kind of hope they don't do another Orgolorg thing because I know a lot of people heaped a lot of praise on the Comet and hot diggity doom episodes, which ended season six, I believe. But for what, but the one thing that stuck with me the most about Orgolorg is if you're trying to build him up as a villain, why on earth would you take the, Mr. Slinkman voice from Camp Laszlo and make him say that. Like, he just did not sound serious at all. Okay, that's not the main complaint I would have heard about Orgolorg. But... But but for me, it was like, I love the design. I loved how he was like a planet eater, but it's just Tom Kenny's choice of voice to go with on that one. For whatever reason, I, I just couldn't take it as a, take him seriously. It just didn't have a villainy quality. 
Yeah, but I, I think in general the issue is kind of just the same issue that a lot of people have with Adventure Time, that when it pulls out villains, it pulls them out very quickly, and then it writes them off just as quickly. Like, we, we just got through the Fern arc in the last season, and that seemed to have ended abruptly without much development, and we're kind of in a similar place with Gumball. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how the finale ends up using him, especially in contrast with Bubblegum, who I think because of the fact that Bubblegum has been with us through the beginning, we've seen her develop, that she's the, the interesting side of this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the other main plot line, I guess, besides the war, is the whole I, Ice King, Betty, normal man situation. So I guess we should probably touch on that too before getting before getting deeper into the their other episodes. But yeah, so they they go through this entire um, mind maze thing, and the final test is seeing past Betty and her relationship to Simon. I, I think this is new information that Simon was looking for the Enchiridion. I, I feel like in the past we've just talked about Simon finding the crown, or am I just re- misremembering that part? I just don't remember, to be honest. Yeah. The, I, I think the Enchiridion was mentioned a little bit. The crown, I think, the crown may have been something he found late, uh, something he found earlier, and then he was derailed. I do think the Enchiridion was, or just mystical stuff in general was one of them. I guess the Enchiridion was the big, the, the big one. Right. But um, we, we have this encounter with, with past Betty and uh, current Betty ends up uh, thinking, oh, well, maybe, well, um, how would you guys explain what ends up being the lesson from this? Because it's a bit hard to explain exactly what this whole mind maze is meant to express. Uh, I think the lesson was that she has to now, she has to take care of herself for a change rather than devoting, rather than going down this crazy train trying to rescue Simon. I think that might have been the lesson because she altered her past so that she would live out her what was then her dream to go to Australia for a research expedition and by doing that she would have had a great fulfilling life on her own she would have been a a, maybe accomplished scientist absent Simon but at the same and in and it would have meant that her future wouldn't be stuck trying this trying this end to endlessly going through all this magic study going depressed going crazy for the sole purpose of the chance the slim i still don't know how they could figure it out chance of saving simon from the ice king but if that is the lesson and why she altered her past why would she then come right back and say now i know how to save simon it feels like they made a good point and then just immediately walked it back mm-hmm um, Sam, do you have a, a different interpretation of the, that final, those final scenes? Um, I definitely agree with it. Like it was trying to go, or at least trying to show, like a direction where, um, you know, Betty could be more healthier and you know take care of herself for a change. But you know, all the crazy magic, she gotta still save Simon, etc. Um, I don't know. It kind of made me feel like the show was trying to say that Betty has spent like too much of her life on Simon, like obviously, and too much, like too much of her character is just like dedicated to Simon. Like that is like the sole existence of her character being Simon's girlfriend and you know, always trying to like help Simon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I really wonder what these next four episodes are going to do with that. You know, right? And uh, I I agree with I agree with John that like the the ending uh, description of oh well I'll just I just have another plan now. Like uh, at first glance, it just feels like well that's just kind of contradicting what we thought Betty would have learned from this. You could theoretically justify it as well now she's just doing it for her own self worth or self like but like not doing it necessarily for Simon's preservation, but. Like, it would be a very roundabout way to try justifying it with the the lessons she was supposed to have gotten from this whole mind maze to the point where even normal man is like very confused like wait this is the conclusion you got from this I mean I, did that it just I'm still trying to figure out if if 
Betty goes to Australia. She doesn't meet Ice. She doesn't meet Simon. Okay. If that's the case, why is she still in existence anyway? Whoa. Why would she? Why is she still wearing the hat? Why is she still in this? I think the episode is meant to have made that like a a, a vision, like a metaphor kind of thing. It's also confusing because it's in the same plane where Jake appears from the planet right. who's abandoned. So it, it could, but we could be dealing with like a midst of reality and uh, and illusion in that space. But I agree that if this was meant to be a reality thing, then it wouldn't make much sense. But I got the intention that it was since it was part of like the whole mind maze thing that this is just going into her memories and like what she would do to fix the quote unquote puzzle inside her head. Possibly, but I don't know. It's like it's one. I think it's one of those weird sort of open to interpretation episodes that Adventure Time loves trotting out. You're not supposed to totally know what's going on, but they'll hopefully explain it later on. Yeah. Um, so are, are are you guys still interested in the Betty Ice King arc? Or, like, if, if, if this was just touched upon, like, let's say it wasn't an entire episode, but just, like, two or three minutes, would you be annoyed? Or, like, how would you react to it getting maybe a lesser appearance in the finale? Honestly, I'm not really that invested in it. You know, like maybe a season or two ago when, you know, they brought Betty back, uh, I was. But, you know, now it's just like it's been dragged on like forever and I don't really know what they're going to do with it. And I just feel like confused and weird. And you know what? Maybe Betty can't like quote unquote fix Simon ever and this is just all for nothing. Maybe they'll just be nutty together with their magical hats. <laughs> uh, John? Uh, I, men- I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I was really concerned that the, that the show was, get- was almost getting itself lost in, with- when it- in regards to this arc. Like, it- it was- it's trying out all these different directions. They've moved Betty further along, and they almost, and I'm starting to wonder, do they really know what to do with her now? She's on Mars. She has this Sisyphean task of putting sand in a hole, and now she found this great idea. So I'm like trying to figure out, okay, what are you trying to do here? I, when this was introduced, I was really into it. I am still into this. I want to see how they resolve this arc because I think this, was, this is the most ambitious arc the show has done from the get-go. You're trying to basically, because in the beginning it's like, okay, Simon's back, but if Simon's back, he's going to die. But if he, but if he wants to live, he has to be the Ice King, and Betty's gonna try to do what is essentially the impossible, even for this world, save Simon without killing him. And I want to see how she does that. They've invested so much into it. I want to see how this plays out. And I've, and it's been going on now for since season five. You know, bring it home, impress me. That's true. It is one of our longer running arcs we've we've had going. Uh, I think my issue with the whole thing is that while Betty has always been obsessed with it, I feel like all the other characters have slowly gotten to the point where they've just accepted Ice King for who he is. And I, I even think with Betty, they were trying to push that, like, hey, like Ice King can be a good person if you get to know him. You just got to start from scratch. But Betty, is, it, due to her history, has just been unwilling to accept that for so long. So just, I guess, the fact that that clashes with what what the rest of the characters in this show have learned to do, which is accept him and try to help him along in his current state, it, it, it definitely feels a little weird thinking about, like, what if this actually works? And Ice King goes goes to Simon. Like, is is that in the end the best solution? <laughs> like, I think, I, I well, the thing is, is that the Ice King has gone from the villain in season one to basically sort of like a really friendly crazy like your friendly crazy uncle that lives in a mountain that's what he is now but i think the the fact that they know him as simon and and that's communicated to all the characters it has served to humanize him a lot more their understanding of it they know okay he's crazy because he's got all this stuff messed up in his head he doesn't he doesn't chase princesses anymore he seems to have normal friendships he still has this weird thing about fiona and cake but we'll get back we'll get on that a little later 
but it's not but he his character has changed and i do think the whole I, the fact that more people know him as simon finn even sees him more as probably a, as simon a demented simon than ice king now even but he has become a better character and i i think that arc has if anything done a lot to really meld him into what he is now right um sam any thoughts on like if this actually works what what is ice king's character then in the grand scheme of things i don't know man i mean i feel like we should just accept ice king for who he is at this point you know he's been the ice king for millennia now why, why like you know change who change him back to who he was if it's even possible yeah, I feel like the show got to accept our fate. Yeah, the show has espo- has espoused that message, but uh, Betty is just unwilling to accept it, and and maybe well, her... Betty needs to accept it. <laughs> He's gonna die. Uh, that would... Ooh, that'd be interesting. That'd be a dark ending. It's definitely in play, though. <laughs> I mean, everything is in play, <laughs> but I, I think that's actually a strong possibility among the various we could end Ice King with. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I, now we've discussed like the big things, I guess we can just do a quick uh, glaze over the other smaller things. Um, we, we began this bomb with the episode entitled Blananas that is basically, hey, Finn's writing into us into a comic magazine. <laughs> um, I mean, it was an interesting premise. It was just like, it was humor. It was humorous. And I did like the backgrounds. I was pretty excited about that episode too, because Pat McHale came back for this. Yeah, it just seemed to be like a reflection on just the nature of comedy, I guess. Like, uh, you can find things funny, but other people won't find it funny. And, like, I guess that's like the one sentence version of this. Um, and you know what? If people don't think you're funny, just publish your own magazine. <laughs> yeah, go make a zine. <laughs> your fan Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> fanzine yeah. of your own jokes. And if you ever want to. Determine and if you ever want to find out what's really funny, read a book written by a German. Oh my god! Because the Germans are, because everyone knows when I think of stand-up comedy. Oh yeah, Germany. Did yeah. Bubblegum just not know that German is another language that people don't know? Yeah, well, it, it advises into the whole like Princess Bubblegum's so smart she doesn't get humor or something like that. So maybe she's just, she's just like unaware of the fact that other people don't know the language. I, I I think the, there's like a whole mix of languages that get spoken in. Ooh, she speak she spoke in German. Uh, Finn's birthday party had signs in Spanish. Their subway system has signs in Japanese. Maybe they maybe everyone knows different languages. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just the sci-fi translation trope where everybody understands everything, except Korean because nobody understands Lady Rainicorn. Apparently. Yeah, apparently, yeah, nobody understands her except for Jake. You know, Jake. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, that that episode. And, and and PB, PB knows. Oh yeah, PB does. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, there's also a, a, a callback to the demonic wishing eye in that episode. It takes him to this really weird alternate dimension of wishy. <laughs> uh, and uh, when when Ice King gives his wish, I think the wishy says, "You go, girl," or something like that. <laughs> if I heard it right, but that, that was uh, that. that, that... That sounds right. And the dimension looks like it was drawn by a third grader. Yes. <laughs> uh, probably rainbows in the background, if I remember correctly. Um, and there is also the new, the one-off of character of Pudding Troll um, and his friend Big Tina, who is just a who's, shooting... Who's the, v, who's the VA of Pudding Troll? Um, that would be Steve Berg. Uh, he apparently ha- has a recurring role in The Good Place, but otherwise I don't see Ooh. anything um, big. Mm. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so but yeah, I guess he he voiced okay. Any thoughts on on that character? Yeah, I thought he was pretty funny. I love the the my favorite line was, "I've been guarding dead people for five hundred years." Wow, I got to go and think somewhere. <laughs> like yeah. he didn't think to look. <laughs> he took hey, his. He was, hi- he was hired. He did his job. Yeah, he took his job very seriously. He never took a day off in all that time. <laughs> My question is, were these people dead when he started guarding them? Hmm. I mean, I would think not, but... Uh, Someone had to have hired him. Or did he just, like, you know, he was born and then he just, like, found this place and was like, you know, I'm just going to guard it now. 
Maybe, but he says he was hired. I, I would like to believe this troll. So, <laughs> uh, first time anyone's ever said that on an inter- on the internet. Maybe, um, but yeah, I think Bananas is just kind of a oh, it's an Adventure Time episode, but it's not really outstanding in any way. There's not that many jokes that stand out. I don't really think it was necessary this late into the like cl- like closest to the finale. I don't think it was like. Why did we need this? Right. I think I think it was just to be a, have a silly episode, and also Bemo's in it. Yeah, this is this and is Bimo probably going to Bemo was great. Yeah, Bemo is good. This is probably going to end up being our last uh, quote unquote silly episode of Adventure Time if the last four episodes stay focused. So it, it's an interesting way to end that that side of Adventure Time for sure. Um, also, I just want to say like the magazine being titled Bleh is uh, like. <laughs> is it indicative of, of the magazine's humor that it's bleh? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a cro- it looks like a cross between Mad and the New Yorker. Well, the comic, the, the caption contest is definitely very New Yorker like. Yeah, I definitely thought Mad at first when I saw the design of the magazine. Um, but yeah, then the other episode we haven't really touched on is Jake the Star Child. Um, this, mm. this is a continuation of. Finn and Jake investigations uh, that the beginning is pretty much just the end of that episode, but from Jake's perspective, um, we meet uh, Jake's uh, biological parents, uh, Warren Ampersand. Uh, he's voiced by Dave Foley, who a- animation fans may know as Flick from A Bug's Life. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he, he was fun enough of a character. I think the issue is that bad dad is just something we adventure time has done way too many times at this point. Like and has done better. Yeah, everybody has a bad dad. So, yeah, in this universe, everybody just has really bad daddy issues. Yeah, so the the especially st- lately, like we've been confronted, like you know, Marceline and her dad. And now we're doing Jake, and you know, before we had like Finn and Martin. It's just like whoa. Kim Kilwan, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if that really counts, but okay. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's a story that Adventure Time has done a lot already. I think the character is funny enough in his lines and his delivery to make it an interesting episode. Um, I I I like the the whole twist at the end with the switching of the belts, since it seems his plan was to siphon off energy from Jake through the belts, and Jake does the switcheroo at the end. I thought that was fine. Um, anything stand out to you from these episodes, or uh, from this episode, or uh, any general opinions on it? Warren Ampersand is a dick. He's a fun dick. <laughs> that is true. He is a fun dick. Uh, I th- I think it was pretty. Uh, it was it was definitely an interesting concept that he feeds off Jake's stretching ability. I did I did sort of I did dig that. Um, and I also liked how Jake did, was able to get himself out of it by basically tricking him back and throwing him into a black hole. The scenery was really nice as well. They really made use of uh, different shades of blue. And I actually kind of liked that. It was really clever how they were able to achieve that. So it was visually very interesting. Yeah, actually that that whole design, especially at the end where he sucks up the entire environment into his little ship, so I guess implying that he just created everything, it also reminded me of that Jake, Jake episode where they go into Jake and the entire environment is made out of Jake's orangeness. It's kind of a similar concept in that sense, I guess. Um, Sam, I, I know you don't really like Jake episodes, but no. uh, on the scale of Jake episodes, where would you grade this? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, at first I wouldn't have graded it very high because it just seemed like a Jake wish fulfillment sort of thing. You know, like, oh, I'm super important, and I'm going to save the world, and clown cake, etc. Then I got, like, a little bit more real, and I could appreciate it more. Um, Honestly, I would just give it, like, a C. Maybe, like, a C+. Plus. It was very average. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Jake the Star Child is a, is a, it's a good episode. I think when you, when you put it side by side with Temple of Mars and Gumbaldia, which are, like, uh, really good to great episodes this probably pales a little bit but just in the grand scheme of adventure time i still think it's a it's a strong it's a strong enough episode to hold up on its own um 
Uh, also, this episode gives us a chance to go into a quick uh, cold take, uh, hot takes on cold foods because we, oh, yeah. we got cake, we got cocktail hot dogs, and we got pretzels. Uh, okay. All of them are good. But are they good together? Probably not. Okay, so I wonder, are they soft pretzels? Do they have mustard? Well, he says he wants a pretzel with mustard, and at the end he says, I didn't even get any pretzels. So he never gets the pretzel, but if it were a pretzel with mustard and you had the choice of that, cocktail hot dogs and cake, which one would you go? Honestly, like I enjoy a hot meal, so I kind of want to go with the cocktail hot dogs, but I really love pretzels. John? Cake is just like, you know, cake is too too sweet, so I'm just, no. Also clown cake, What what is that anyway well, that's for um, kids it's like an adult like just like if they're out of normal cakes so they have to go to the children's section of the bakery and yeah like, or, or you're like going to friendlies or something and they like make you a cookie puss right it's like that that's carvel or carvel um uh, hey what you can't bring a clown cake to an adult gathering i mean you could i would <laughs> um i'm a i'm a pretzel guy I'll I'll take pretzels too. Uh, cake cake is fine, but it's inferior to pie. But and little cocktail hot dogs. I don't want a little cocktail hot dog. Give me a big jumbo frank with mustard. I mean, if you had the choice of the jumbo frank, sure. But I think of of these three, I think I would also go cocktail hot dogs. Like they're they're like chips, in that once you have one, you need to have another yeah. because their size. So. You never have- all the cocktail hot dogs. Yeah, like if you give me if you give me a plate of cocktail hot dogs, I'll go through that pretty quickly. Uh, cake. What about a hot? Yeah. What about a hot dog in a pretzel? Ooh, Ooh. pretzel dog. Yeah, yeah the, the, those are interesting. Yeah, I, I, those are good. I, I changed my answer to that. Let's combine those. <laughs> the thing is, I've, I've never been a fan of pretzels, really. Like, I guess the, the, the pretzels I've eaten are just too thick. Like, when you, like chewing them is just a bit of a, a task. But I, I guess, but if you combine the the hot dog with it, I guess it, that makes it more palatable or like more of a fulfilling experience to get to the center. Yeah, that 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 was my thing. Whenever I went home from school, I would bought by aunt Auntie Anne's and get the jumbo pretzel dogs. Those were always good. Yeah. Um. So in te- Temple of Mars, so we've talked about the big thing, but um, it, the let's hear any. Uh, we we have the introduction of Jermaine here. We didn't really talk about Jermaine, and since he doesn't really uh, apply to the end of the episode, but hey, he he's he's here again. <laughs> um, I really like Jermaine. I kind of wish he would have been a main character, to be honest. Like Finn and Jake and Jermaine. You know, we need a a straight man to like deal with the craziness. Yeah, and it, it's funny that even in this episode, that it begins with Jermaine showing up, but by the end, he's kind of just phased out. There's even a point in the math puzzle where he like he openly says out loud, "But hey, none of these puzzles have to do with me." <laughs> so it's like uh, uh, speaking for the audience, like, "Well, what, what are you gonna have him do?" It's- I like his little moment where he realized that Finn has lice, and he was touching <laughs> oh, yeah. heads with them, and he was like, "Oh my god." I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, crap, I'm wearing his hat right now. <laughs> uh, your, um, your thoughts yeah. on Jermaine, John? Greg the dog. Oh, yeah, it is Greg. Basic. Yeah, basically. Uh, no, I like Jermaine. I do. I, I like Jermaine. He, he, he's a very good, he's almost like a comedically straight character. Again, we go back to when we first met him. Uh, he's, he plays a straight guy, but he's wearing a teddy bear costume, which I still think is one of the funnier visuals that the show's done. I liked it because I get how he was still important, though, because Finn, by this point, if Jake said he was going to be right back, Finn at this Finn's like, yeah, sure, I know. Jake's Jake's fine. He usually comes back anyway. He wasn't really panicking all that much. But that it took Jermaine to, like, say, you know, he's not home. He's not here yet. Why are you going to the store and buying a thousand boiled eggs? Shouldn't we go look for him? Which wound up being a smart idea. So he 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 needed to be there to to uh, basically get Finn going in the right direction, and you know actually think you know this might be a abnormal occurrence. Right. Surprise yeah. was. Yeah. Right. At the beginning of the episode, he is a strong piece. The problem is once they get to Mars, he's kind of just fa- phased out of the story. 
But I, I, I agree that he, he he has a good good moments in the beginning, and even on Mars he has a couple of lines like when they're um, giving nicknames to sneak in. He's like, "I'm German," <laughs> and Finn, <laughs> and Finn whispers like, "That was really funny." So, uh, Ger- well, it's German boy man, and what was Betty again? Just Betty? Yeah, just Betty because she's I guess technically a Martian under normal man's jurisdiction or something. King man. Yeah, King Man. Uh, yeah, no, Normal Man appears for a brief, uh, brief couple of moments here. Uh, his big moment is at the end where he realizes the way Betty gives the plan that Margles can come back. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, he, he's uh, emphasizing em- empathy, um, gives Finn a noogie. Um, <laughs> fun times. I love that. It's like she needs to learn what she did. Well, you gave her the powers. Shouldn't you be the one filling the hole? Empathy. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was he was really he's less chaotic now that he's normal man, but I still thought he was really funny. Yeah, yeah, no, normal man's still strong. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned in this whole maze thing in that math scene, there is a creature uh, I, that is dubbed the ice thing because of its very similar appearance to a similar creature that appeared in one of the future episodes. Oh yeah. Um, do we do we attribute any um, meaning to the ice thing appearing in this Betty focused puzzle? Possibly nothing. Oh. <laughs> no, I I think so. I think there is. Uh, I think it's because it's a Betty. It's meant to be a Betty puzzle. It was. It's fitting that there was the future Ice King mustache thing there, and it was an ice room. So I think there is some symbolism there, and the whole way of solving it wasn't to do a math puzzle that kept repeating itself over and over again, which we can look at the symbolism of that, that Betty's trying to do a math problem that has no answer. The symbolism right there. And where said the ice, it, the ice thing is the one that's undoing the progress. Right, yeah. And it, it's solved by Finn basically falling through and just breaking the damn thing. Yeah. Um, Sam, any do, do you care at all about the ice thing appearing here? Nope. Okay, good good take. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they they didn't focus much on it, but just this entire episode, as many Adventure Time episodes, is feels drenched in symbolism at times, and so we don't really. It, it's left up to the interpretation how of the viewer how deep you want to go in deciphering what these things mean. Um. But yeah, I I think that's uh, anything else from Temple of Mars that we want to mention before we move on. Mm-mm. No, okay. Uh, well, uh, we finally uh, we... A norm- normal man is wearing Abraham Lincoln's hat. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just realized he is. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, right, rightful king of Mars. Then <laughs> I did. Uh, just I would also like to point out that uh, if you were flying to Australia, you'd need to be at the airport well before an hour. Betty was really cutting it close there. Good thing she met Simon and didn't actually go. Wow. So that, so basically that was all for nothing. Who uh, would do that? Like you meet this like super amazing guy a day before you're supposed to take a trip. Like who just like drops everything for that one thing? Was it just love at first sight? Who knows? Hey, I'd say the protagonist Sean, in a rom com. Sean McGuire gave up his game six World Series ticket when he saw his wife in Goodwill Hunting, so so the main mm. character in a rom-com. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, I guess. Uh, the best, the best rom-com. Uh, maybe. Where is that edit? The rom-com edit of a uh, Betty and Simon. There's probably an AMV out there. Yeah, <laughs> make, make that mom. AMV somebody. Uh, uh, Purview Productions. <laughs> Ooh, uh, come on, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, watch your watch your page. It's awesome. Uh, finally, we have uh, Gumbaldia. Um, this is uh, Princess Bubblegum going to war on Gumbald. Um, Finn decides to take a diplomatic mission, try to install peace. And it turns out that it's Aunt Lolly who's acting nice, but it ends up being a whole plan to get Finn to carry the dum dum juice to um, uh, to the bubble to the candy kingdom. Uh, hug her. It was to hug her. Then, then she would basically. I guess surrender. Well, or or, ju- or just turn into a baby, and then it's just there's no leader of the kingdom. Um, Poor peppermint butler. Yeah. It, it, so 
Uh, I don't remember. Did uh, have we seen a fits for that aside from LSP's elements mega thing at the end? What? Well, well, because like the originally it was cured the crunchy and the uh, and what Gumball used to be, uh, I guess the pinata that was cured by LSP doing is getting attached to the Earth and the whole elements miniseries thing. But other yeah. than that, have we seen a cure for the Dum Dum Juice? So. Not that I know of. Yeah, because I don't want Peppermint Butler to go out this way. He deserves a place in the finale. He does! He needs to call up that one last demon. He's can, done so much for us. Can Baby Pep Butt still uh, summon demons even if unconsciously? That is the question. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but it might be like demon babies. Ooh. <laughs> My question is, would it even really affect most of the candy citizens? Because they're all kind of dumb anyway. <laughs> it might infantilize them. Slightly, but A then lot again, of them already infantilized, though. <laughs> that, that's true. Except Colonel Candycorn. I mean, he's raring to go. That would be pretty disappointing if he can't get his last battle in. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of actually competent Candy King citizens. But, like, you know, the average Joes, like... I don't know. I don't feel like it would really affect them that much because they're all kind of sheeple. Yeah, so. they don't. They don't. They don't mind their ruler basically blowing up their property. Starchy makes a cameo in the beginning of this episode. He's a competent Candy Kingdom citizen, as competent as they come. Yeah, which isn't, which isn't that big of a compliment, to be fair. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, he drops the film, but he ends up taking the photos correctly. Um, also, that there's a callback when they're um, at the di dinner table, Finn and Jake uh, having dinner with the uh, Gumball the family. Uh, Finn is telling the story of the of the episode from Jake's suit, uh, where <laughs> Flame Princess uh, sees Jake uh, Finn dance in his underwear. So that was a nice callback. And, and just a reminder. Finn meets the in-law. Finn meets the family. I nearly said in-laws there. Yeah, and a reminder that Flame Princess probably will have no appearance in this finale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Flame Princess. We barely well, knew they, Well, they did give her a nice ending with her father. It wasn't yeah, a nice did. ending. <laughs> it, was, it was a resolved ending, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish Flame Princess had a better send-off in that episode, but... Eh. She might be back, you know? Hey, you know what it is? If they're bringing back all these one-time villains, maybe they're going to bring back the more recurring characters like Flame Princess. Yeah. I guess that takes us to our like final fi finale predictions. Is there anything like really out there you think has a chance of happening or uh, any uh, just like characters you hope uh, make an appearance that you haven't seen recently? Um, John? The universe is going oh. to reset, by the way. Oh, you think we're going to do like a time loop situation or? Yes, <laughs> especially with all like the Mars stuff going on. I think it's going hmm. to be some like does, does Grob, Glob, Glob, Grob do that? Maybe. Could be that. Uh, Could be whatever Betty's doing to the Golb. Hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah, that could be a trippy way to end it. Any chance um, you bring comets back into all of this? Bring who back? Like the, the, the comets, because that was a big thing. The yeah. whole catalyst comets, so we, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, my my out there thing is actually the 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 real winner, the new ruler of the entire world, will be Derpier guy. Mm. We're gonna have Derpier an all guy. Derpier guy will survive. He'll get to sit on the throne, and he will be the greatest ruler ever of all time. We're going to have an alternate kingdom where it's Dirtbeard Guy is the leader, and Bubblegum has retired to her ranch with Marceline. Yep. Well, I, I guess we should touch, touch on that very quickly. We, we haven't seen Marceline for a while, but uh, any, any where chance? Where is she? We haven't seen her in seven episodes. I wouldn't call that a while. No, six, I mean, yeah. Not even seven, five. Yeah, I guess so. It's more just Cartoon Network spacing these last episodes, milking it for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, it, do do we have any chances of bubbling in these final episodes, Sam? Um, let's see. On our Discord, we have like a running sort of gag about like the chances of bubbling happening. I think currently they're like uh, Dylan and um, Patron Michael and you have it going at like forty five percent. 
I, I was lower, oh. but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope it'll have like in my heart of hearts at the very least, they'll like appear on screen together, maybe discreetly holding hands, but I don't really feel like it's going to be a major thing. I think they might. I think they might play off uh, Marceline and Bubblegum the way they played off the two police officers in Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's obvious without having to say it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, I with, with how packed these four episodes are expected to be, if they get anything, it'll be small. And the fact that Marceline hasn't didn't appear in these four episodes leads me to believe that. It, she's not going to have that much of a part in the actual fighting or like the main cr- plots of these final episodes. I don't so. think it's going to be. I don't think it's actually going to be a four episodes. Honestly, to be fair with you, because I looked it up on Wikipedia. I think it's going to be one episode that's an hour long. I think that might be what the, what they're going to go where they're going to go with here. Well, I, I, that's per, a possibility. Although, like an hour in anim, animation is usually like four 11 minute blocks <laughs> yeah it'll be like it's gonna be like a 45 minute episode essentially but it will give them a freedom of having one long arc when i and these guys could and you could do a lot with that i think right and i, I think that's just semantics at that point because I, you could also see like four episodes but they're connecting with each other you have like part one part two part three part four kind of situation which adventure time has done in the past like we had the whole finn the dog finn the human jake the dog linking thing in the past right so, and hot diggity doom the comet yeah th- th- that's happened a lot yeah so it, it's not out of the question that it's just like a, a continuous narrative through through four episodes and t- meant to be taken as a whole but uh, we'll see because uh, we don't have a date so it could come next month it could come in july uh, it's supposed to be 2018 so for all we know it could come november who knows <laughs> but december 31st 11 p.m <laughs> it would be a nice New Year's present. Um, uh, to give, I will give Cartoon Network credit. There is a pattern to Adventure Time releasing. They seem to go once every three months. So looks like it, we might be getting it mid-July. That w- would be would be nice, and I, I think that works with the predictions of it being like middle of the year sort of thing. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be really. I don't think they're going to release it online before they release it on TV. They're going to make this a big deal. Or will they? <laughs> you oh, know, no. Teen, Teen Titans Go has to take up a lot of airspace. That's true. That's such a deep, involved story. Yeah. But whenever Adventure Time shows up, uh, you can always come back to Over the Animated to get the latest the breakdown on that fi- uh, the final moments of the show. But until then, um, you can find uh, information about this podcast and other animated properties we cover at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can join us on Discord. Sam mentioned that previously. We talk about Adventure Time there. We also talk about all the other shows we cover on this site. Um, you can find the, us there at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Uh, also, we always appreciate any financial support you want to give the podcast via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, uh, Beatrice, uh, a.k.a. Beatrice Cavendish. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, until we get Adventure Time, we're, we're going to be covering uh, other shows like Star vs. the Forces of Evil. That, that's releasing episodes this month. Uh, we'll have OKKO coverage very soon. Um, Steven Universe will probably release its episodes before Adventure Time, so you'll also be able to... Uh, are you sure about that? that? I mean... Do you want to place bets on like who's going to release episodes first? <laughs> Is there a situation where Adventure Time finale just drops like three weeks from now? It drops. Maybe April, it drops on April Fool's Day. Ooh, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Just play a Rick and Morty on us. Sadly, uh, sadly though, this means we're probably not going to get the Steven Universe Adventure Time crossover that many on the internet probably wanted. Yeah, but, but we still a- got the Steven Universe Uncle Grandpa crossover, so. <sighs> I still we, not. I still have not seen that episode. And I don't think okay. I really need to. And and we still have the Adventure Time Minecraft crossover. Yes. Uh, that, uh, that. Oh yeah. That's probably. I think that's gonna drop in June before the movie. It's possible. They uh, it, it did get a special mention in the Cartoon Network uh, upfronts press release. So obviously Cartoon Network is, is excited. So we should be too, right? Right, guys. 
I mean, I played Minecraft one time in my life, and I was like, this is kind of boring, and then I stopped. Wow. I, I hit a tree with my axe, and I was like, why do people like this? I think I, like, built a house, and I had, like, pigs and cows, and I was like, okay. Well, there you I go. That, <laughs> that is an overly animated stance on uh, Minecraft. <laughs> So uh, on that note, until we, we get any episodes of Adventure Time, we'll see you soon. Uh, adios. Bye. Take care. <laughs> Bye.